Man, it's good to see everybody. Um, so glad that you're here on campus with us today. Uh, so we're all right-handed. Is that what I'm sensing today? So like nobody came to the left side. So there's part of me that wants to take uh, the camera and turn around so Facebook will understand why I'm not looking at them at some point today. So Tejeda family, thank you for being dead center. Thanks. They didn't want to sit there. Y'all have the best sound, though, right there. There you go. Okay. So, kids, I um, have been thinking about you in this message. So I want all my kids to stand up. All the kids. And y'all, too. You're, you're still a kid, Rebecca. You're my kid, especially. So, Christian, Christian's like, I'm 22, Dad. I'm an adult. <laughs> Whatever, Christian. Um, I'm kidding, man. You are an adult. So, um, all of you kids... Uh, wave at me first of all. I want to see you. Make sure I'm seeing you. Claire, stand up. See, I caught you, didn't I? Because you were waving at me. I couldn't see you. Abigail. Stand up. You're not. You're not above it. Come on. You need to stretch those legs. So, well, I was thinking uh, this morning what I'm teaching on is important information for all of us. And one of the things that I want to make sure is I want to ask you kids a, qu- a question. Okay, when you have questions about things. Who do you go to? Let me shout some answers back, and I'll repeat them. You go to me. Why, Rebecca? Oh, that was Juliana. She's getting older, so she sounds more like your sister. So, because I'm your dad, and I'm a pastor, so it depends on which question you have. What about, what Knox, who do you go to? He's pointing, Jen, to, to mom, okay? Royal, is that who who's pointing to mom? Right? Do you ever do to the, your dad to the left? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I actually, guys and, and girls, um, I still ask my dad questions. I'm almost 51, and I still will call my dad for advice and counsel about things because I know that he is a smart man. He exercises wisdom, and I need information on at times to help me navigate through life. So, but here's the thing, boys and girls, who, do you, beyond parents and, and people like that, who else do we need to go to to ask questions of? Shout some answers from way back in the back. We need to go to Jesus and how to, yeah, to God, right? But how do we get those answers from him? Give me some insight into that. We go to Eli's holding up his Bible. That's right, that that we go to God's Word to get counsel and advice from God himself because he's given us the specifics of revelation in the Word so that we would learn from him and we would act wisely according to his guidelines and his principles and his standards, right? And we need that desperately, don't we? Well, here's the thing. Over the the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about how we're reshaping some things in ministry because all this stuff with uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus stuff is meaning we're doing things differently. Like this Sunday, where are we? We're meeting on our campus. And aren't you glad that we have a campus that we can do this on the next couple weeks because we're meeting with what the government has recommended. And actually, we're kind of ahead of the curve because we're not having to deal with our inside spaces yet. So we're, we're really like blessed to be able to do this out here. And it uh, looks like the weather's going to cooperate next Sunday. supposed to be clear in 64, 68, something like that. So it won't be 
dresses and shorts. It'll probably be jeans and light jackets, which will be great, right? So God is providing for us. But here's what I, I want us to, to cover this week especially. I want us to look through our values. And it's been a while since I've taught through our values. And, and boys and girls, I want you to write these down. If you can uh, write your letters, you'll be able to do this real simply, and I'll go through it, okay? But I think these are important ideas for us to understand, both as a church body, as a uh, body that is of believers. Uh, whether you're on Facebook and you're not part of the Grove Church, you're still going to hear the values that I think are right for us as believers. Uh, they're just specific for us as a body that we want to exercise in so that we do ministry well. And so the first value, can anybody, does anybody remember it right off the top of the head? And I'll, I'll give you a hint, boys and girls. You can write on your paper G-R-O-V-E down the side. So does anybody remember what the G stands for? Good thing I'm teaching on it, right? Yes, Abigail, in the, all the way in the back, yell really loud. N no? That's what the word spells. That'll help you remember the values. But what does the G stand for? Nobody remembers. Okay. Well, I'm going to help you. You do remember, Juliana? God's glory. That's right. It stands for God's glory, that everything that we do in ministry, everything that we do as believers is designed to be about God's glory. So I want you to turn to Romans chapter 11 this morning to start with. And we're going to go through a, a few scriptures this morning, so you'll be kind of busy turning your, in your Bibles, and that'll be fun. So Romans 11, verses 33 through 36. Here's what we read. It says, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. That means they just can't be measured and they're always right. So let's keep reading in verse 34. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So, so boys and girls, remember what I was talking just a minute ago about who we go to for counsel, for advice. Sometimes it's our parents, but for us, sometimes it's even our parents. But who do we really need to go to and why do we need to go to God? It's because his wisdom is unsearchable. There's no one wise like God. And, and for us as adults especially, we need to remember that. We need to go to the scriptures so that we recognize all the things that God has blessed us with. And then ultimately, I love this verse 36 because it says when we go to him, what is the result? Or, or why do we do that, more importantly? It says that we do these things for, okay? Because these reasons for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever, amen. See, when we trust God for all of his wisdoms and we, we seek him for the, the, the difficult things that we face, ultimately we do that to glorify him because he desires that relationship with us. Turn to um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Colossians 1, verse 16 says this, For by him... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and what? For him. For him. So that he's created everything, this beautiful piece of property that we have that affords us the opportunity to gather and worship today. God has created all these things, every relationship that we have, 
for his glory. That's that last part of that, for him. So when we worship together, when we do ministry together, everything is about us living to the glory of God. Now, I'm going to ask a tough question. Do we always remember that and live that way? The truth is, no, we struggle with it, don't we? But if we could get that right as Christians, as families together, like, I don't know if you guys are like us, but there's been moments where we feel like the walls have closed in recently, and and we like, we're stir crazy. We just need to get out. Especially Katie and I, we had our 27th wedding anniversary. We, We got an Airbnb, and we went. It was so nice. We sat in a little country uh, cottage right, right here in Robertson County, and it was just the birds chirping and the creek going past, and it was like quiet. We, we haven't had quiet in weeks, right? Because we have three kids at home. Yeah. Eli, are you loud? <laughs> Your mom said yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. So the, the truth is, though, When we think about God's glory, all things are created for him that we would glorify him. And so we need to seek him out, and we need to work in our relationships so that we don't get stir-crazy, but in those relationships, even in the difficult days, we do what? We glorify God. Because what is man's chief end? Somebody give give me the answer. Glorify God and enjoy him forever. So that's why this value is so essential for us, that we would give God glory. So as we uh, minister at the Grove Church, I mean, that's a good pipes on that. I don't know if everybody heard that on the camera, but that was loud. See, accelerated up the hill. Um, See, easily distracted, sorry. Um, So as we glorify God, we want to do everything as a church body to bring him the glory. So, so that he is honored, because that shows that we trust his wisdom, that we trust his plans, that we trust his providence in our lives. And I think this season of our lives, uh, we need to cling to that value. So our second value is the letter R. It begins with the letter R. It's not the letter R. It begins with the letter R. So what does the letter R stand for? I heard somebody whisper it. Relationships, yes. So that as we gather as a church body, relationship with God as our uh, as our savior with God and his provision of Christ as our savior and for us with one another so I want to uh, give you a couple principles um, so when you think about what God has done in the plan of redemption one of the things that he has done is he's he saved us redeemed us so that we would love one another look at Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 I'll give you a second to get there Philippians 1, 9 through 11. We read this. And it is my prayer, I love this, that it's a prayer of Paul's as he's writing this to the church at Philippi. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, so what is Paul getting here at, at this verse? That we, because we've been saved, have been called to relationships that we would bear fruit 
to one another, that we would love one another. Now, this word love there is the word agape. And what, what is the, the word agape emphasize? Well, it emphasizes a sacrificial love. It's not one that's about, hey, I expect Katie because she's my wife just to love me. It's about my commitment to be sacrificial in my love for her. That's, that's the uh, emphasis of that, that we together as family members and as church members and in the community, we will be self-sacrificing in what we do as we love people. And that's bearing fruit. That's, that's what Paul's prayer is. I love that. Let's read verse 11 again. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the, pray, to the glory and praise of God. So in, isn't it interesting that what we see here is when we love well, there's a fruit of righteousness that is, is born out in our relationships, and it glorifies God, and it changes one another. So for us as a, a church body, and I still think this is true of all Christians, that we need to be loving in our relationships with one, with one another to show that well. Look at John 15, verse 8. We're doing Bible drill stuff this morning. I should have the, the boys and girls like stand up when they get it. They don't, they don't probably remember all that stuff, do they? How many of y'all did Bible drills? Yes. Bob Jones, I'm so proud of you. I should have known with your, your folks. Yeah. That you bear. is for us to glorify God and bear fruit. And what does Paul say bearing fruit is? Loving one another. What does Jesus want us to do? He wants us to bear fruit in our relationships as we are engrafted into him and, and we are, as, as his root and the product of him bearing fruit in us uh, produces these great things, and it's love, that we would be loving to one another and loving to people. So ha- relationships, the key to them is what? Sacrificial love. It's learning to say, I want to humble myself and build up other people in my relationship with them. I, I'll give you this. It's a, it's a really interesting picture. We're not going to turn there, but it, you might write this down. Um, Jeremiah 2.21 is this great picture of this pruning grown vines or anything like that, um, like grape vines or muscadine vines or anything like that. But I know this principle. If you are to see fruit produced, what you have to do is you actually have to prune the, the limbs properly so that they grow and produce a better fruit. If you don't do that, guess what happens? The, the vine goes wild, and you can't trust it to produce good fruit because some of the, the limbs will go bad, and they're, trying to, they're draining the nutrients. to bring out fruit, then we, we won't be healthy as a church. We won't be healthy as families. So the goal is for us to say we're going to strive together for God to do a good work in us to produce the fruit of love in us. And sometimes that requires correction, right? So, so how many of you have ever worked through a hard thing in a relationship? I have, right? It's necessary for us to have that pruning so that we produce that good fruit. So that's, that's what 
so we've got the two first values. What is it? God's glory and relationships. Now we're going to talk about the O. Who knows the O? Okay, Gen Genevieve, do you know it? Way to go. You shouted really loud, too, from way back there behind the tent. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, the answer is opportunities, that we would take the opportunities that God gives us and we'd be looking for those opportunities to minister together and to people. So let's be real honest. The last month or so has made it tough for us to consider a lot of opportunities for ministry, right? Because things have, have changed. But I think the other side of that is we probably had more opportunities as family units, right, to, to minister to one another, to grow together, and to see God do things. And that's what we want to emphasize is that through God's glory and relationships, opportunities will increase, and as we're tuning in to bear fruit in those opportunities, God continues to be glorified, which is what we're called to do. And so how do we specifically do that as a church? We've talked about this a bunch recently, but we're going to hit it again just for a minute this morning, that we have a three-step process, that we gather, we grow, and we go. So as we're meeting, what we want to do is we want to talk about how we can serve one another so that there is growth in the body because those opportunities present themselves, and then how we reach out and share the love and good news of Jesus with people around us. So for us, one of the things that we've, this is a real simple one, but over the last six weeks or so, we've been taking steps to have more presence on social media through Facebook Live. We will continue to take steps. So what that's looked like is we've bought new equipment because we didn't have the sound stuff ready to continue to do that. So th this is the Sunday morning experiment, right, Thomas? He's been back there with headphones, mixing music and doing all this stuff, trying to get a good product out there where it's not just a mic in the room where we've been over the last couple of weeks because doing all the band stuff, it overwhelms the camera mics and other things that we've had. So we've been trying to stride into some of those things because we realize and have recognized that we have a further reach through Facebook. We knew that, that would be a possibility, but we've experienced that the last several weeks. And so we want to continue to fulfill that opportunity to encourage people in our ministry. So that's something that you guys are in, in being faithful and you're giving or contributing to our extensive outreach in helping people uh, understand the love and good news of Jesus Christ. Now, let me talk just for a minute about the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to make this really simple because it's not just enough for us to love people. We need to make sure that they get connected with Christ. So what, what does that really look like? I want to really make this simple, especially all of my kids out here. I want you to hear this really well. Knowing the good news of Jesus Christ means this. It means recognizing the fact that Jesus Christ died to save sinners, which all of us are sinners. That when he died, he became a curse for us. He bore our sin, and that sin made him a curse and that's what we learn in galatians but here's the good news it just didn't, the story didn't end there what happened he rose from the dead and when he rose from the dead he secured victory over sin and death and the grave for us and so what we simply do is we recognize by faith that work of jesus and the bible says this if we confess our sin and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all, all, all unrighteousness. It also says that if we uh, confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So it's just that simple. 
And that's the good news that we want to share with everyone so that they have the opportunity to respond to that and come to faith in Christ, to be saved, to be born again. That's not a, I know that's an old churchy term, but it's actually a very good biblical term uh, to give it a little bit more theological weight. It's the word regeneration. But that's a great thing that the old man is done away with and the new man is raised uh, in, in Christ, changed because of the work of Christ and the Holy Spirit in us. And so that is the good news of the gospel and our opportunity to respond to that. Um, so boys and girls, you're here today. You may need to talk to your parents about that. We'd love for you to do that, and we'll provide you more counsel. You may be on Facebook Live and going, man, I don't know if I've ever really confessed Jesus as Lord. But, but I want to talk to somebody about that. Please reach out to us on our website. You can email us on our website, and we'll get back in touch with you. Uh, make a phone call this week if you're in town. We'd love to come by and hang social distancing, but talk about those things. So we, we definitely want to take those opportunities to uh, share that love and good news of Jesus Christ with you. Then beyond that, as we gather, we grow. Gathering is this. It's an encouragement for us in worship. Growing is how we minister and do inreach to one another so that we mature in our faith. And then going is that how we go and, and serve outside of the church. And so we're looking at those strategies. We've talked about that recently. But that's all of how we're weighing opportunities that God is presenting to us. So then we move to the, the word V, or not the word V, the, the, the letter V and what it stands for in the word V. What does it stand for? Who's got it? Not Genevieve or Juliana. Somebody else. Vibrant. Who said that? Who's, who's back there? Perry and Carl. There you go. I think it may have been both of them back there saying that. No? Um, yeah, vibrant. So there's been this buzzword that's been going on during our COVID uh, season. What That uh, buzzword is the word fluid, right? That we're maintaining a fluid life because every week some kind of new decision is being made. And that's kind of what the idea of vibrant is. All of a sudden the sun kicked up. Y'all are baking, right? I'm going to go fast. So the idea of being vibrant is this, that, that we're going to be flexible, that, that as things change in the world, we're going to be ready to make those changes. So you just need to know that's one of the commitments that we have as a church, that if it means meeting on the lawn because that's allowed, great. If it means that we get to move in at 50% in a couple weeks, great. We're ready to go. We're, we're considering all those things. We're making plans about how we're going to uh, transition back into grow groups, what that means for children's ministry, all the dynamics that are going on. We are looking at all those things because we recognize if we're a, a church that has always done it a certain way, that things, the Lord will allow things to come in, and sometimes he'll even... And when he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Since through you, you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation. In every way and everywhere, we accept this with all gratitude. But to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly. For we have found this man a plague, one who stirs up riots against all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. So, so you have Ananias coming, um, and well, actually it's Tertullus, who's basically an attorney for the Jews, presenting this argument against Paul before Felix. And here's what ultimately happens. Felix, the government, says, I, I'm not sure. So Felix keeps Paul in Caesarea for two years under house arrest. I think Felix liked Paul 
and, and didn't think that Paul was guilty. But Paul, the Jews that were actually trying to uh, plot against Paul to get him to go back to Jerusalem so they could kill him on the, the trip back. But Felix may have known, I don't know that for sure, but he is preventing that, and he's also listening to Paul. Well, here's what happens. Felix's time as the governor runs out after two years, and then um, in chapter 25, you have this happen. Festus comes in as the new governor. So now three days after Festus had arrived in the Providence, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul, and they urged him, asking as a favor against Paul, that he summon him to Jerusalem because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way. So, so here's Paul in the midst of this just continuing to speak the truth of the gospel. So he's done that under Felix. Now he done, does it under Festus. And if you look, let's turn over um, verse uh, 13. Now when some days had passed, Agrippa the king and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. And as they stayed there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a man left prisoner by Felix. And when I was in, at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews laid out their case against him and asked, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered them that it is not the custom of the Romans to give up anyone before the accused met the accusers face to face and had opportunity to make his defense concerning the charge laid against him. So, so you hear Festus is going, look, I want to, to share this. And he introduces Agrippa and Bernice to Paul, and they spend time with Paul. And in this, Paul said, basically Festus says, look, you ought to go back to Jerusalem. And Paul says, no, this is a case. Of, uh, I'm a Roman citizen. And it's a case for me to be heard before Rome. So I insist that I go to Caesar. So guess what? Festus and Agrippa and Bernice think, well, he shouldn't have called the, uh, the opportunity to go before Caesar. And then he makes his way to Rome where he's ultimately heard by Caesar. So, so here's my point of all this. I think Paul is one of these people that modeled all of these values really well. He, he was about God's glory in everything he did. He was constantly developing relationships with folks. It didn't matter who he was serving or what kind of conditions he was in. Every opportunity he had, what did he do? He talked about the glory of God and the plan of salvation and the perfection of Christ and the hope that comes through Christ and the, the, tr uh, the ability of people to trust the gospel. It didn't matter if they were governors. It didn't matter if they were Jewish rulers. It didn't matter if they were Caesar himself. He, in, in every situation, whether it was in Caesarea, if it had been in Jerusalem earlier, if it was on the Isle of Malta, if it was in Rome, Every place he was vibrant. He was ready to make the changes in conversations and use all the circumstances to his advantage to present Christ well so that everyone he came in contact with heard the hope of the gospel. What a great picture I think that we have from the life of Paul. And so as we as a body are beginning to, to reconnect in this kind of public setting and as we start working through all the details of what that means over the next several weeks and uh, maybe even into to, uh, the month of June, we're going to need these values 
to be so central to us, so present in our, our mind, in the forefront of them, that we together for, through these values, maintaining these things, so that Christ consistently The purpose of, of our existence is to glorify God. So, so hopefully that's a good setup as we start this journey back into assimilating into culture again and, and doing these things right as unto the Lord, unto the government, but especially unto the Lord as we serve Him as a body together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Boys and girls, you got questions? Seriously. Not any right now. Go home and ask your parents first, and if they don't give you good answers, you can try me or Steve or Dan or somebody else. But ultimately, go to the Lord. Go to His Word. So great stuff this morning. I think, Perry, you guys ready to come? I'm going to move off stage. Let me have a word of prayer for us as the band's getting set. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for a a beautiful day uh, with great sunshine with a little bit of cloud coverage with a little bit of a breeze lord you have blessed us tremendously to be able to gather today in worship father i thank you for the the message of scripture the hope of jesus and our especially if anyone today has heard the message of the gospel and they know that they have not confessed you as Lord and Savior and they've not repented of their sin, I pray today that today would be the day of their salvation. And Lord, they would seek out counsel and they would uh, make sure to get their questions answered and to trust you. So Father, we thank you for this morning. Again, as we close out our worship time today, be glorified through this time. In Jesus' name, amen.